Welcome to Detox with Allison. Oh shit, we're recording. You are the best podcast naming person. <laughs> this is the show where we sit down with comedians and other funny people, make them take their vitamins and ask them about their life or whatever else we get into. Let's hope Charlie got it right this time. Detox is produced and sponsored by Big Laugh Comedy. Big Laugh Comedy is changing the world one comedy experience at a time. Big Laugh Comedy is the first ever company that provides you with a complete comedy experience, from live shows throughout Texas in Austin, San Antonio, San Marcos, and Fort Worth, to comedy news and everything in between. If you're looking to laugh your ass off with some of the best comedians in the world, or you want to know what your favorite comedian is up to, you need to visit Big Laugh Comedy at blcomedy.com. Get exclusive content and first dibs on tickets by becoming a VIP for free. Go to blcomedy.com slash VIP dash list. Detox with Allison is also sponsored by MSW Vitamin Lounge and MSW Nutrition. MSW Vitamin Lounge is located in Austin and it's the best place to get your vitamin IVs, shots, and health consults. It's also where we record the episodes, so that's pretty cool. If you can't make it to Austin, MSW Nutrition puts the best nutrients possible into their supplements to bring a little bit of the lounge to wherever you are. The boost drinks we're always sipping on on this show are just one of their awesome and effective products. Trust me, I use a ton of them. Go to mswnutrition.com and use the code DETOX, that's D-E-T-A-L-K-S, to save 15% on all your supplementation needs from MSW Nutrition. And if you're in Austin, I hope to see you at the Vitamin Lounge. It ain't easy being Charlie. It ain't easy being Charlie. Hey guys, welcome to Teen Talks with Allison. I just love seeing everyone's reaction to that last line. (laughs) You're such a nice guy. I've never had any, like, I've seen you around Vulcan and you're just like, you're... Maybe that's how he gets you though. Yeah. Yeah. He's a trickster. Fucking uh, Bruce Wayne over here. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Okay, was, now I, was, I don't trust him. The way he said maybe, I definitely don't trust you The now. problem with Charlie is that he's usually the smartest person in the room, so you know he actually could pull some shit if okay. he wanted to. Yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, I definitely don't trust smart people, so that's... <laughs> I'm, I'm watching him. I feel dissed by that somehow. Like, <laughs> like just to put this, this... Oh, are you, you're saying because I trust you, you think I think you're not you smart? You say, you know, you say... Would you say I don't trust smart people? You around me all the time. Either either I don't trust you or I don't think you're smart. I'm fucked <laughs> either way. God either damn way. It. Charlie, you're breaking up some happy How people. Dare you, Charlie. How How dare you? long? 58 seconds into it? Is 58 that, seconds yeah, into yeah. it. We need couples therapy already. Jeez, it's all Charlie's Christ. fault. <laughs> Help me, Yanla. Fix my life. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yanla. Yanla. It's a real person. Well, I don't know this. Who is that? Yanla Van Zant, beloved. She is is, uh, one of Oprah's homies. Oh, okay. Mm. I don't trust that for sure. (laughs) Oprah's friend? I feel like she didn't have friends. I wouldn't say they're friends. They they homies and business partners. Gotcha. They they had a rough patch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She not Gail status at all. Gotcha. (laughs) Shout out to Yanla. (laughs) <laughs> we'll make that clip and you can tag her and we'll get the attention. <laughs> okay. Yeah, on the O network or something. Right. That black lady is serious. She can make you cry. <laughs> like ugly tears. Is she like one of those therapists that just wants to see tears? I mean, it's good for ratings. Right. You know That's true. Like, And you got some people that fight up against her and buck back, but it's like, 
you know, we we there for the tears. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like those judge shows. Like, nobody wants just a normal a judge normal resolution. court case or something. Yeah. No, it's like, I want people yelling. I want you bringing up bullshit that is not even related to the case. <laughs> Personal beef. Some of them are just straight up hilarious, like Judge Mathis. Yeah, yeah. You, sir, are crackhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no you holds barred. You crack and that's your problem. I'm like, <laughs> damn. I never knew that, sir. It's like, you're seeing me about your divorce, but the problem is the drugs. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. That's a good point. Can I see the pen real quick? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Officer. I don't know what I'm talking about either. It's nicotine. Yeah. 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 Um, well, welcome to the show, guys. I'm excited to have both of you on. Uh, we got Marcus Oland and Genevieve Clinton here in the house. Hello. Hell yeah. Um, so, okay. This is a comedy podcast, but I'm just sure. super curious about both of you, like, together and individually, because you're both comedians. Where did you guys, like, I, I want to hear from each of you, like, where did you start comedy? I would love to hear him, because the story changes every time. Oh, so shit. Just go ahead and... No, no, no. Wait, where we started comedy. Where you started comedy. Yeah. It's not yeah, the way, where you not started the way comedy. We met and then we'll get to where you met, because oh. I do want to hear that, too. Okay. So, individual stories. Go ahead, yeah. I started comedy in Michigan, uh, outside of Detroit, like in Ann Arbor was where I first started comedy. And then I- was, Comedy hotspot, Ann Arbor. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's where I did like my first couple mics. And then yeah. I did like the first four years in Detroit. Then I went out to LA for three months right before the pandemic. Mm. And then uh, I went back to Michigan during the pandemic. And then uh, we ended up moving down here last year. We uh, came down to Dallas for four months, and then we moved to Austin. So we've been here for six months. So Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm coming up on six years total doing comedy. So. Doing comedy. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Genevieve? Started in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I uh, couldn't tell you the f- club's names, but like I did my first like five mics around there, and then took a break, and then I went hard in Detroit and uh, surrounding areas, Midwest. We did Canada, you know. Chicago. And, that's Midwest. And then... Um, <laughs> Just trying to get specific. I'm sorry. Pacific. And then, uh, then, and then same, went out to L.A. for like two months without him, with him. And then uh, now we're here, so. Yeah. Damn. So did you guys, like, how long have you guys been together? About three years. Three years. A little bit of change, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you've been together the whole time that you guys, like, the whole time you guys have been together, both of you have been doing comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. We met doing comedy in uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw me at a mic, right, mm-hmm. that I did not see you at. Mm-hmm. But you said you saw me there at They Say. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her for the first time at Punchline Comedy Lounge in Detroit. Um, and we talked a little bit and exchanged Instagram stuffs. No DMs back and forth, and then you started coming to my open mic that I was hosting in Detroit, and then we talked more, and then we got the phone numbers, and then what is this voice? Progressed it. What is what voice? It's <laughs> is this a storytelling voice? Is, is this... it? I don't even. know. I thought I was just talking. <laughs> Am I doing a voice? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. Yeah. yeah. What is that voice? Huh? I'm kidding. <laughs> so, like. It's such a thing in comedy that, like, people are always like, don't date comedians. Yeah. I didn't hear that until way after. Way after. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like, yeah. Th- was that ever even a concern to you guys, really? After, I was like, oh, shit. I see they point. But, <laughs> but like, 
I don't know. It's kind of like since I've been taking comedy seriously, it's kind of all I've known. So yeah. it's just, you know, I feel like you progress in both simultaneously or yeah. fuck up in both simultaneously. The other you know? thing is, a lot of people who say don't date comics are like broken comics who are just like, without comedy, they would have nothing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and their relationships are terrible. That's why they do comedy. They're damaged people. And they're, like, telling you who not to date. What I was thinking is, like, is part of it, too, because the fear is, like, one of you is going to succeed in comedy and the other one isn't. Because both of you guys are very funny. Like, so I think, like, that isn't as big of an issue where it's, like, if you're dating someone when you both started comedy and then one of you, like, gets success and the other one could get jealous. Like, I think that's a big concern, too. But that's not the case with you guys because you're both funny. I think the bigger <laughs> thing that I've heard is, like, more material-based. Mm. Like, what you can and can't talk about. Because people but, know. But the other thing is, like, Jeff Horst and Esther, they're L.A. comics. They're both really funny. I've talked to Jeff about it and he's like, I can't, I can't see not dating a comedian. So right. I've seen, like... Both sides of it. I mean, Tom Segura is yeah. I mean, there's definitely that, that's a comedy couple. Like it's can't right. be done. You was it like I mean? Sam Morell and Taylor Tomlins- Tomlinson too? Like oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, um, there's several that are kind of like on the up and up, or they're already higher profile. And mm. I don't know. I just found it so interesting when I first started comedy. That was like one of the first things people warned me against. And to me, it I understand the opposite point. Like I can't imagine not dating a comedian right because like i i'm not dating a comedian but my boyfriend like handles any shit that i talk as if you were a comedian mm. <laughs> so to me it's like you at least need a, a regular person who can handle the roasts and the possible jokes about them on stage yeah right mm. yeah i think uh looking like it's it i feel like you talk more about relationship material than i do yeah, but you got a lot of white man jokes. I don't have a lot, too. Is it just two? Count. <laughs> They're long jokes, though. There's a lot of punchlines in those jokes. They're good jokes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You talk way more about the relationship. So, and this is and this is what you what most people hear now is like edited. Like he used to throw a whole bunch of shit in there that I'd be like, are you you like you, you went to U of M. <laughs> and graduated with honors. <laughs> like, and you don't register that this is not good. Like, okay. I thought it might be funny. <laughs> I was going. For- and and that's an excuse that you got to get to all the time, too. Like, you know, we got to go for the funny. Got to right. go for the funny. But, you know, sometimes funny don't always work. Right. You know what I mean? To yeah. Get where you, because, like, I guess. If I was to say, like, the biggest issue now that I keep talking about, but I don't know how to solve myself, so it's like I'm yelling at a wall. It's like connection, connection. It's like, how more connected can you be? We do the same thing. We hustle the same way every day. Just, like, how more connected can you get than that? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something, goddammit. But, yeah, it's it's really cool having a partner in crime during this thing because it's like you you get tested and 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 learn new shit and new shits arise like all the fucking time and it's like I'm I'm pretty damn glad that I don't have to you know do it by myself. Yeah. So the other thing I always see is like when when you're starting comedy, a lot of times like a dude comic will bring his girlfriend who's not a comic to an open mic and she'll sit through three hours of terrible comedy, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like that's that's abuse like that's that's awful that relationship is not gonna last 
And you see week after week she'll come and then she just stops coming at one point and is like, hey, are you guys okay? She's like, yeah, we're still dating. She just doesn't want to come anymore. I'm right. like, I fucking get it. So um, <gasps> it's nice, like, we go to the mics together. Because you're to both working. Yeah, it's like we're both trying to do the same thing. So right. Yeah, kind of what you were saying. But, yeah, I mean, I, the opposite where it's like you're not dating a comic. Or, I mean, when a female comic brings her dude yeah. and then she's up there talking about all kinds of raunchy shit ass shit. And you just look at that dude like, that's uh, your girl up there, right? I'm not going to lie. I mean, I definitely have a pretty nasty joke about my boyfriend, but it's like the one joke that I talk about him in. I but don't, he has a good sense of humor. But he has a good sense of humor. And also, I never wanted anyone to come to open mics. Like, <laughs> you know, I kind of knew from the get-go that like this was supposed to be rehearsal. And mm. if I'm not dating a comedian, I'm not going to make the person I'm dating sit through that, you know? And I think that's kind of a lack of awareness for certain people where it's like, maybe your girlfriend does want to come hang out once in a while at the mic. But to me, I was like, I barely want to be here. So I'm not going to make you sit through this. Like you're only allowed to come to shows. I mean, sometimes they're like, I want to be supportive. Maybe yeah. they both work. So, they, you know, their nighttime is their together time. Yeah. And this guy's like, well, I want to go do a mic. I want to spend time with you too. Can you come with me? Let's and then it. it turns into this shit show of three hours of dick jokes <laughs> and she's like just i i can't do this anymore <laughs> and i feel bad for both of them i really feel bad for her more than the yeah guy, but you know do you guys have is. like some really terrible like what's your worst memory that you can think of at an Chicago. open mic oh shit <laughs> at an open mic oh, here God. we go or a show yeah whatever oh year was it 2019 18 chicago 19, 2019 yeah <laughs> oh chicago september it was probably you guys almost are recounting a ago. war story. It was almost, what is today? The 21st or something? 22nd? 22nd, This yeah. was almost exactly two years ago. Uh, we went to Chicago and the plan was. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the plan was, and we followed the plan, was to sleep in my minivan for those two, three days. Right. And just parking lots, right? Because we're going to go to LA and do that, right? Yeah. Live in the Live in the van life. And uh, three days in the van in Chicago in September can suck ass. So. Was it cold already or was it? It wasn't like this. It was a, it was a little chillier. Okay, and, yeah. uh, you know, Chicago has uh, some rough areas. And, you know. It was... <laughs> That's the Texan in me where I'm like, is it cold in September in Chicago? It, it can get a little <laughs> I can't chilly, imagine. <laughs> especially at night. But uh, also it's just like living in a van sucks. <laughs> and then doing it with two people really, really sucks. But. I'm assuming you're, are you bringing up the? Oh, yeah. So what happened was uh, I was not feeling it that day. I was not, I would just, I just, it just was not a good day. Right. And so, you know, I didn't, I was like, maybe it'll turn around at the nighttime. I shouldn't have went on stage because I, I, you know, I should have took the sign from the shitty day that right. maybe you'd sit this one out. But I was like, no, and this is what I came here to do. And so... Black crowd, all black crowd, just niche, just got off of working with Kevin Hart and everything, everything like that. Jeez. Don't know me from nobody. Right. Full black crowd, beautiful brown faces everywhere with a scatter of three to four white peoples, <laughs> five including Marcus. And then it was, and then I went up there and I said some dumb shit off top that, that just made them, I've never been scowled at. Like, God Dude. damn. <laughs> Scowled? And then and I got off stage and like a couple of people was being petty, like 
where your gun at? Why haven't you shot yourself already? They didn't oh say my, that, but that's what it felt right, like. Yeah. <laughs> and then <clears throat> Marcus gets on stage and fucking murders. Oh god. Murders. <laughs> I want Murder. Somebody turned around to me and said, see that? That's comedy. Oh. I'm like, whoa. Someone said that? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know. I, didn't, I just heard that. Oh, yeah, I was just saving it for a special occasion. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was just like, whoa. So, it, like, when people say how y'all deal with, like, success, like, since we've been going at it at the same time, being in a relationship, like, comedy, take a comedy series too, like... We've never been like an arm length away from each other, mm. and so like we we've witnessed us at different levels and how it can just you know be and then pursuing it together. Yeah, and and we see how a lot of people compare us and this and this and that and all the type of stuff like that. But like yeah, Chicago man. I would like to add to that story though. That was the last mic we did. So we did probably like ten mics in three days in Chicago. This was the last one we did. You murdered at every other mic uh, before that. All nine of them. Literally, you fucking did great at every single one of them. Allie, you got a woman brain. Do that matter? No, I know. <laughs> I, I was just going to say and well, even as a comic, even, even as a comic brain, yeah. I, like, I would also have been upset if my last one didn't go the way I wanted to. And that was also our last night there. We drove back to Detroit that night, which uh, is like four hours in the car. That yeah. mic, we, the one on the south side with Jess Niche probably ended at like 11. We left at 11. We went up first so and then got out of there. So you were up late after. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I drove back four hours and uh, you were just upset the whole time. And I was, I'm over here trying to be like, hey, all these other mics went good, blah, right. blah, blah. And then I ate like, <laughs> I ate two edibles that this lady sold me at the show. And those are hitting me and I'm sleep deprived from sleeping in a van and I'm driving and I'm like, fuck. And I know she's upset and I'm oh. looking at the stars and I'm like, this is, this is a hell of a ride. But yeah. Actually, that's not the worst ride home we ever had. <laughs> Fuck no. No, 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 no. Not the worst. There's, that's uh, You were bringing up, like, the, you know, do, being with a comic. The worst is when you drive home and one person did great and one person did terrible. Right. It, like, if both people do terrible, it's like, hey, fuck it. You know, we yeah. both sucked. The crowd both sucked. Did great. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not. But if we don't both do well, it's that's that's fun. And he, we could, but if one does good and one does bad, that's that's always shitty. It's shitty in the gray area too. You know how you know how it's like you felt like a murder before, and then you felt like a bomb before, and it's like this is neither. Right. So I'm just you know yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what like what I don't like is sometimes he has like a bad habit of giving me like a weak ass fist bump after the set. Like everybody else gets it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And I get a, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but if I don't feel like if if I don't feel good about the set. Like, if I'm like, I don't think that was as good as all these people are saying it was, right. I'm not going to be like, yeah. You'll go for the I'm flaccid fist like, bump. All right. Yeah. I, but how many times have you listened back to it and be like, what bad? I'm right. Bad. No, but I still trust my initial reaction. You, I mean, hey, you see me off stage sometimes. Like, you know, somebody came up to me one day and was like, uh, you, I've seen you murder. And then you get off stage and it's like you have this look of what's next. And sometimes I see you sit back and it looks like you have imposter syndrome. Right. And I was like, fuck you. But <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I, don't we all kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I think so. 
There's also at least we're not delusional. Like right. come off straight bombs. Like hey, I think that was pretty good. Like you know, because we've met some people. Yeah, like that yeah, too. yeah. There's a lot of people <laughs> like that. There's so many people who get out there like that wasn't that bad. I'm like that wasn't bad. I want. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, I crushed that show. And you're like, did you? Did you? I've heard your definitions of different things. And then you said you crushed this show. I need to see this Did set. you record? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's delusional people and everything. But comedy seems to attract them, you know? Yeah. I do agree with that. And a lot of people might think it's not great that even after a really good set, sometimes we get off stage and we're just still feeling weird. We still feel like we didn't do as much as we could have, even though the audience really liked it. Cause there's definitely been plenty of times when I get off stage and I record every set and I'll get off and be like, fuck, that was bad. And then I listen to it and I'm like, actually they sound pretty into it. Or I'll yeah. watch it. I'm like, wow, they're actually louder than I thought. Whatever it was when I was on stage, I just wasn't hearing it. But I think that's kind of a gift too, because it forces you to continue working mm -hmm. and there's always like the fear or the possible issue of like <laughs> sorry that's a part of the office <laughs> there's always the fear of like like uh plateauing right and I, I think if you have that constant drive to keep pushing you're not going to do that you know there's there's always something next and and it is good to enjoy the fact that you just had a good set but it's like that's also not what makes you better well, also, sometimes you have a great set and you get off stage and you're like, I'm not getting like three bookings coming at me right now. Like, we're <laughs> like wait these, a second. <laughs> everybody was like, that was a great set. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Give me something. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Where, where's my next show? Yeah, <laughs> Let yeah. me know. The best is like, because I, I sell koozies after shows. It's like my yeah. merch. They're a dollar and fucking like. Sometimes I'll have like a good ass set and I have my koozies out. I'm like, I'm gonna sell some koozies today. And all these people who are like laughing super hard, they'll walk by, hey, you're super funny, man. I really like your set. I'm like, thanks. And they fucking leave. leave. I'm like, buy one. Right. Don't fist bump me. Don't be like, hey, man, you are super funny. I'm like, <laughs> fucking buy something. But, right. you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> do you have any merch that you sell? I'm working stuff? on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta put in a merch. I'm almost done with koozies. I have like, 40 left and then yeah. i'm fucking done with them forever and uh then we gotta we gotta order some new stuff i don't know what what are you trying you want shirts mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah we're gonna get some shirts for her and i don't know what i'm gonna do i used to do lighters and then that's just a bitch to carry around right you know what i'm saying you just all these lighters and then i was like i'm gonna go with something lightweight like koozies right and uh then i realized you know what not everyone likes koozies texas so. loves koozies though I, yeah that's true i did a show yesterday and i had a great time selling koozies after, yeah you know what i'm saying I had, a, I had a real good i had a good set but then the koozies were even better right know? so that's what it is but that's cool do you guys like the do you guys try to book like road gigs together at all like do you reach out to clubs or do you have agents that'll reach out to clubs for you to try and book one or both of you because i just feel like you're together you know you're both funny that we would are, be a really cool yeah we try to do as many shows together as we can um but we don't have an agent, so yeah. I mean, it's just us booking. You know, if someone reaches out to one of us, we try to get the other person on the show. Um, if we're booking stuff out of town, we're like, hey, it's both of us. We're both right. coming. You know, we'd both like to do time on the show or whatever it is. So, yeah, but we don't have anyone doing it for us. Yeah. Um, I just picture that as being something super cool because you're already used to being together. You are both do stand-up. You're both about to get new merch. Like, that would be so fun to just, like, even just – 
self-book a couple, you know, st- stops along yeah. Texas or whatever. I mean, we've, we've been doing that for like the last two, three years, yeah. basically doing road gigs all over Michigan, um, Indiana, Ohio. And then when we came down here, you know, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Austin, we, we got San Antonio coming up on the 3rd of nice. October. Uh, we've done San Antonio a couple times. I mean, so we've done a lot of road gigs together for yeah. sure. It's uh, and that's that's the thing where it's like you go and do a road gig. You're each doing longer sets. One might do well, one might do bad, and then you got to drive three hours back, <laughs> right? Or stay in a <laughs> shitty hotel, or you yeah, everyone crushes and it's great. A lot of times, like road gigs work out well because you're in a small town that doesn't have any entertainment, doesn't so they're fucking stuff. excited. You know what I'm saying? Some of those redneck crowds are. They can be fun, you know what I'm saying? They can be, uh, they can be a little fun. I don't know though. <laughs> How do you feel about the redneck crowds? <laughs> well, I feel like the round, like the Texas rednecks, might be different than the North rednecks, but I don't know. Like you guys got to hit a lot more states up north what than when you you've say? been in Texas. I don't know. Wow. Everything that I have to say about that is inappropriate. <laughs> I, was, I was about to be like, they're all white people. <laughs> They are, yeah. They I are. Mean, I mean, north, I, south, east, west. I was west, gonna say, as long as you're not on the coasts and you're not like in a city. My it's parents like, are from upstate New York. I get northern rednecks. Oh like, yeah, northern rednecks. That's a thing. It's crazy. Like, they're like in, all the further north you go in Michigan, the more of a southern accent people have for no reason. You're like, why the fuck do you sound like this? You live in fucking Michigan, like northern Michigan. Right. Ah, she's gonna do. They laugh loud. Yeah. Rednecks laugh really loud. Um, like the loud, like black people laugh the loudest and it's like rednecks. Latino crowds have been cool. We don't, there's not a lot of Mexican people in Michigan. So right. that was new when we came down here. Latino crowds are so fun. What's yeah. crazy is like, cause you mentioned like bombing in front of a mostly black crowd. And then like, what's interesting is like, I don't think a lot of people understand that just the, the demographics of the room change mm. the vibe so much because if it's a mostly black room, they're going to tell you what they really think. If you're mm. funny, they will laugh the loudest. If you yeah. bomb, they will glare at you and give you death threats. Yeah. Um, but then like white people, it's like even if they're having the time of their life, they're still repressed a little bit. Yeah, unless like they're in, a, in, the, in the urban or the, in the, the, city. the city areas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Latino like, crowds just want to have fun. They're like, yeah. 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 They just want to have fun. Um, I've never done an Asian crowd. You ever yeah. done an Asian crowd? I'm sure, like, the closest thing that we've done to an Asian crowd is, like, something in an arbor, maybe. Yeah, but that mm. wasn't an Asian crowd. There were just Asian people there. And that's yeah, the closest so, you're going to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I mean, but, I mean, there are, like, Asian crowds. Yeah, like, I mean, Ken Jong, You watch Ken Jong's special, it's like he has a full Asian crowd. For and you're sure. like, I would like to try that out. That would be interesting. Yeah, but. it is interesting, but it's also just, like, learning how to develop jokes good enough that they're universally funny. That's the know? best thing about doing every room is, right. like, you figure out, like, if you do a joke and it crushes in the black room, it crushes in the country, hick white room, it crushes in the super, we're all woke, hipster, Austin, we work at Tesla room. <laughs> like, if it works in all those rooms, it's a good joke. And then you do it at an open mic in front of 40 comics and none of them and laugh they, at they it. they don't laugh. I'm like, fuck you guys. Right. You guys are just jealous you didn't come up with it and that's all it is. <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes... Those are the worst rooms is all comics. All That's comics. Nothing worse than all comics. I'd they rather do chairs laugh. sometimes yeah. than all comics. But yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Um, I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit because both of you guys have done some really cool stuff in the comedy world. I know you've gotten open for Joe Rogan recently. 
Can you like walk through like how did you even get in contact with him and what was that like for you? I was recommended by Tony Hinchcliffe uh, to Joe to open and uh, usually I get like if Tony wants me to do a show, I usually get like a last minute, maybe like a few hours before the show, come do the show type text yeah, or DM. And uh, <laughs> so I think I got a little bit more time to do that one. So I was pretty grateful for that. Right. I was like, thanks for giving me a little bit more like of a the heads day up. Or yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so not only did the first time I got to open for him, he was like super cool. Uh, been talking about, been talking shit about my fanny pack since day one. <laughs> um, but he was like, yeah, it's super cool. You know, I'll bring you one of mine and da, da, da. But not only did, you know, I get to open for him, I got to uh, meet and bring up people like Tim Dillon and Giannis Poppins. And, oh, that's the and, week And uh, I got to meet Ari Shafir. I got to meet, like, you know, just... Shane to, Gillis. Shane, well, yeah, Shane Gillis. Like, he, he was the guest for the first... Kill Tony, I did. It's just right, yeah. Didn't he do one of the Joe Rogan shows too? Yes, uh, okay. yes. And then, uh, yeah, it was crazy lineup. And just to be a part of that, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, cold open!" Like, right? you know, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell yeah, this is crazy. Cause like before I started taking comedy seriously, and like you know. I like I knew who Joe Rogan was, right. but it, you know to say like, oh, I can tell you what episode of his podcast he said what and this right. and this and that and know all the quotes and right. inside jokes. Like you know, I'm, I it was it was all I'm learning all this because like you know I knew a lot more mainstream people and and black people like right. as far as comedians and stuff goes. So right. I don't know. It was just it was just insane and like sometimes. I have to ask him to read messages because, like, I'm like sometimes I don't trust myself. You're like, <laughs> like who just DM'd me? <laughs> was, yeah, you know, I'm, be, I'm I'm being treated for bipolar, and sometimes I just be like, it's not like schizophrenia where you're hearing voices, but it's just like I don't believe my own shits. Like, gotcha. this, is, this is not, you know, it's real. So it feels like, so sometimes if something so good happens, you're like, wait, can I actually trust this excitement right now? Yeah. You you talk about, you said earlier something about the plateau. Yeah. it's It's been crazy because I've been feeling like it's been a roller coaster. My hands is up. Patrice O'Neill said it best where it's like you're on this roller coaster and your hands is up and you're enjoying the ride. But at the same time, like all your shit flying out your pocket and you don't have control over shit and, and you get off in, in this, I don't know. I think there's more good stuff to come. Uh, I I think we're both gonna be involved in some shit. It's just you know, it's a matter of when and being patient and you know yeah. writing in the meantime and you know staying to the grind in the meantime because technically speaking, I feel like they've done so much for me already that if they never do another fucking thing, that I still should be grateful right. and I should be able to use it somehow. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm in a weird, grateful place, but, you know, I, I never imagined that shit. Right. Yeah. Especially so soon after, like, deciding to move to Texas of all places. I mean, you guys were going to do the L.A. thing. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what's even crazier is I'm seeing so many more people get I, what I would call, like, Hollywood dream scenario. You know, like, so many local comedians that have moved here since kind of comedy moved here. Mm -hmm. It's like... 
more people than ever are getting those like epic Hollywood opportunities that everyone dreams about getting when they go to LA. But like LA is so oversaturated with people. Yeah. So it's, it's harder for the LA system to find the talent. It's harder for the talent to stand out. And then even when it happens, there's already so many established people at different levels right. that it's harder to fly up the ladder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in Austin, it's just turned into this like comedy hub. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these areas in the in the ladder or whatever aren't really filled. Right. So they're looking for people, right? And yeah. that's the point is like, hey, he was like, everyone come to Austin. We're gonna do this comedy thing in Austin. It's like right. so of all the people who have moved here, plus all the people who are already here, it's kind of like, okay, level playing field, go. Go. And Let's see what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh I think it's the cream rising to the top, right? right. Is that the the, the cream rising to the top. Yeah. It sounds think- dirty. <laughs> you made it dirty. I didn't even do the porn voice. I just said cream rises to the top. I need to hear the porn voice now. Nah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not. That's for later. That's cream not- rises <laughs> to the top, y'all. <laughs> no, nah, that's what? No. I don't do it in German. <laughs> hey, you want me to? No, I'm okay. Right, right. <laughs> I do appreciate what you said with that, though. Is like I think um, a major thing with something like comedy or any art really is like you get these awesome experiences that like I cannot believe I'm here right now. Even like if I'm just hanging out at Vulcan and I look around for 20 seconds and see how many people are there, I my mind is blown constantly because I'm like Austin's my hometown. Like. I'm sitting here in Austin. I didn't have to do shit. All these people just came here doing this thing that I love so much. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you get these opportunities. Like you've been mentioned on Rogan's podcast several times and like you got to open for him and meet all these people, but it's like you still need to keep working on it. And that's, I think, a really necessary thing to get your head around because I think so many people will get one amazing opportunity. They'll live it up. They'll do great. And then like, it is quiet for a little bit afterwards and it's kind of like, oh shit, what's coming next, you know? And you just have to keep working and trust that the work will pay for itself eventually. Mm-hmm. That's a really... You know how to make it sustainable. Right. You know, it's like, there's a lot of waves in comedy and everything, it's all waves, mm-hmm. right? But in comedy specifically, it's like when you hit the up, you're like, sweet, and then there's going to be a down. Right. Can you get yourself through that down and into the next up? That's yeah. the thing. That's, that's easier said than done. I like that a lot. And and it's you also have – you have an Amazon special, right? Yes. When did that happen? And like They filmed it October 2019. It was supposed to come out right around like the new year 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this just the production took a little longer. And then the pandemic happened. And it ended up getting released like April 2020. Okay. Um, so it's been out for about a year and some change. Um, and that was like a – even that was like a last-minute thing where the production company had a deal with Amazon. They had a lineup of comics. And then one, uh, a couple of them dropped out, and they needed to add a comic. And I knew one of the girls who was uh, going to be featured on it, so she recommended me. Um, and then I got to do it, and it was it was cool. Yeah, it was an interesting experience. So is that like an Amazon production? Like it was a third party studio did it. Yeah, yeah. it was a third party studio out of Detroit. They were highlighting Detroit comics. Mm. I had just come back from LA. I was out there for like a month before I moved there. I'd gone out there for a month, um, and then when I came back. To Michigan, that's when they were planning that whole thing. And uh, one of the comics, T-Barb, 
she's a Detroit comic. She mm-hmm. had uh, been like, yeah, he was out in L.A. doing all this thing. You know? So she recommended me, and I got to do it from that. So it's That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Black Thanksgiving. But you got to uh, look up Getting Off. That's the name of the series. Okay. And then there's like five different specials on there. I think I'm episode four or something like that. So, nice. Yeah, you can check it out. That's really cool. Like, I I feel like, have we done a show together? We did, like, the pre-show secret show or something. Potentially, yes. I don't know, but. R.I.P. I, just, I know, whatever. Honestly, <laughs> Nether Hour is way better before secret show. <laughs> um, but uh, I just, I, I didn't even know that you had a special on Amazon mm. until, like, Brandon Lewin with Big Laugh told me. Yeah, A couple you know. weeks ago. So what am I going to, I don't walk around and go, like, hey, I have a special on Amazon right. Prime. This is my girlfriend. She's opened up for Joe Rogan. Right. You know, like, that'd be weird. That'd no, be weird for to walk sure. around. I mean, maybe you want to start doing that? <laughs> start walking around like that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go well. It's just funny because, like, I, I always feel like the comedians that have actual credits like that don't want to talk about, like, even yeah. if I'm introing them at a show, I'll be like, what do you want me to say when I bring you up? And they'll just be like, ah, just... I live here now, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, like it's cool. That's really, really awesome. Well, that's like I think it depends on the show. Like when people ask you what to say when they bring you up, sometimes I just tell people to say I'm from the east side of Detroit, but the reaction I get to that is like a wounded puppy. Like, oh. <laughs> like you're you're here now. Oh, welcome. Who hurt you? <laughs> the east side of Detroit. It's like, that's what, so I'm I'm trying to intro. That's who hurt me? Who I am. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I think for me, it's like it depends on the show. Like if it's like a showcase with eight audience members right. and they're and half of them aren't paying attention, You're I'm like, not going to be like, yeah, give them all all the credits. Don't, yeah, don't ever, hype them up. Have you ever felt like when you tell people not to say your credits for real, they kind of get sad? Like <laughs> like they wanted to say it because they like that. Like, I don't care. If, like, they, if they know them already and right. they're like, so you want me to, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. I don't, right. I'm not going to stop you from saying it. I have seen that happen before, though, where they're just, like, so excited yeah. that they booked someone from Comedy Central or whatever, and then they're not allowed to say it. <laughs> well, that's I would be like, just fucking say it. If, right. you, if you're that excited that you booked someone with a credit, say it. Yeah. It's your show, right? right? I'd be so happy if I'm hosting and I remember everybody credits to the T, and I'd be so excited. i try to hype it all up. But then, like, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, who, who gave me, like, so many opportunities and Red Band, like... They tell me to bring them up, and they're like, hey, just say, ladies and gentlemen, name. I'm like, really, bro? <laughs> but you did so many cool right. things. <laughs> I'm about to get up there and pour my heart but out a lot and of cry. Times, that's and like, like it's his audience, right? Know. They know yeah. who he is. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I think they're probably just like, just bring me up. Right. It'll be more epic if you just say, Tony Hinchcliffe. And they're like, right. ah, you know. I get that, though. Future godfather of my children. <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe. <laughs> All right, dude. This uh, Lucas McCrary always tells everyone <laughs> to bring him up as their best, as his best friend. There's like my best friend Lucas. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, uh, I went up before him one time, and he told me to bring him up like that afterwards. And then, like, of course, he roasted me for it as soon as he went on stage. And then afterwards, yeah. I've seen him like week after week at Secret Show. He always gets the person before him to say my best friend Lucas, <laughs> and it's like, why didn't I catch this? <laughs> I mean, that is an opportunity to set it up the way you want right yeah. if you can just shit on the person before you for how they brought you up like <laughs> the, you know you you are in control right yeah. you want to you want to be able to do it exactly how you want to do it right. i want you to bring me up with some bullshit and then i can riff off that and that'll go into this joke and then <laughs> you know yeah um do you guys like do you guys write together do you write 
similarly, like have similar methods for how you write or do you kind of try and... For the most part, every time when you write, it turns into a fight. Oh, really? Because you like... Because <laughs> you have I'll write angles. something I thought was funny and then she'll get mad and then I'll be like, okay, so don't do that joke. <laughs> it's like, obviously not. Maybe we get into it over handwriting. I have, oh. So we have a whiteboard. You have a whiteboard, like a big whiteboard. And you always like writing on that. Oh, I like that. And I have shitty handwriting, so I it ends up getting real big. <laughs> and then you get mad at me for how big the handwriting is. And I'm like, I'm sorry I have bad handwriting. And you're like, well, just make it better. I'm like, it's always been bad. <laughs> and then you're, you're getting at my insecurity about my handwriting. And then we're not even talking about the joke, the joke. anymore. We're just talking about, like, why do you take up so much space? And I'm like, because I have bad handwriting. <laughs> it's like, why do you have bad handwriting? Because I just never focused on it in school. And it just... Yeah, so sometimes that happens. But other times, well, like, we haven't done it in a while, the bucket pole thing. Yeah, we usually do that with other people. We haven't yeah. written with other people in a minute. But, um, yeah, like, subjects out of hat, you know, yeah. riff and see was there's something there. And, you know, That's, all different types of Yeah, language. that can be good. Like, you just, everyone writes a topic on a little slip of paper. You drop it in a cup and, you know, go around. You riff for a minute. Right. And, if See it's funny, you write it down. If it's not, you just keep going. Yeah. That's fun. I like doing that. I like the whiteboard idea, though. It sounds like it could be a good way to kind of like, because for me, I just like put as much as I can out of the idea. I try to write as many angles as possible so mm -hmm. I could see myself just using yeah. a whiteboard to like draw a web or something. I mean, we still, we do set lists. <laughs> the web idea is exactly why I wanted to get it because I was like, maybe... It's going to be like a, a beautiful mind effect. Right. You know what I mean? Just yep. Marcus wakes up and just see equations and shit. It's like. I wake up and right. see all kinds of shit on there. I'm like, I'm going back to bed. I'm like, I he wakes see like up white and man like, in the corner, this shit in there. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm He's like, like good oh, handwriting. I can't deal with this shit. I'm going back to sleep. That and I'm just But like, what, it, what it turned out to end up is just helping me out a lot with set lists. Like, mm. if, especially if we're a longer set, like it helps me memorize it and break it down in ways that helps me. You know, and we do that together better. a lot. Like yeah. we'll write set lists more, mm -hmm. um, and be like, "All right, so this is what I'm which do. is a bigger piece than I think a lot of people realize is like figuring out which order the joke should go in and how to like connect them or not." Mm. Um, that was something I heard uh, when Nate Bargatze came through headlining a few months ago at Creek. Someone that was featuring for him, I think it was Chris Tellez, was featuring for him. And he goes, yeah, every single show, Nate like knew what jokes he wanted to do, but he was in the, in the green room rearranging it because he was mm. just testing to see like what the final hour is. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and then you figure out like, well, you like to do this. You like to open with your closer sometimes. Mm. Just, you know, I got that from Louis C.K. Just, you know, he said just, Fuck yourself over one day and just see if you can get out, you know? Like, so it just opens so big that, like... I mean, I have, like, now I have a few jokes that I would continuously use as closers. But, you know, sometimes I won't even close on a joke. It's just, you know, it was something random or, you know, I don't know. But it, what he just opened up to me by suggesting that is that you can play with it however you want. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's it's your show. You know what I mean? For yeah. However minutes you're on there, mm. which I which after hearing that and like I would like I would think that I would be more creative with it. People always ask me like, who are your top inspirations in comedy? And uh, Whoopi Goldberg is definitely top three. I love that. Um, her Broadway special, you know, 
like all those different characters. I don't looking to do impressions or characters, but like you know, just more how artistic you can get with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So I mean, I got a ways to go, but yeah, for right now, writing set list like that helps me kind of yeah get through and just have a game plan going in. I totally noticed you doing that at Sunset Strip. I hosted that all-female show that you were on, and I was giggling because... I was wondering why I wasn't booked on that, but okay, all right. <laughs> well, I was giggling because when I I was asking everyone, you know, when do you want the light, da-da-da, Genevieve had 15, and she was like, just light me right at 15, I'll just walk off stage. And I was like, what a fucking baller, dude. Like when she said, and it was hilarious because as soon as I gave her the light, she was like finishing a really funny line anyway. And she just finished it and was like, all right, thanks guys, bye. And I was like, what a flex. <laughs> and now I know what you're doing. That's awesome. Very well timed. She's, right? Uh, yeah. Really good at that, like sticking to the script. This you is know? the only compliment he's ever going to give me about time. So <laughs> make sure this is in the records. You're very timely on stage. <laughs> Super punctual with your punchlines. Oh, okay, guys. I mean, it's it's uh, like you are really good at like boom, 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 sticking to the script. You, you never go long unless they don't light you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're really good at just... Boom, well, that's very it. professional, too. Yeah, you she's know? very professional. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And punctual. <laughs> Charlie was waving at me to wrap it up. Um, I usually finish with one final question. Um, what are you guys excited about? It can literally be anything, comedy or otherwise. But uh, Just this time right now, like... Even though, like, my calendar may not be, like, booked months in advance, like... Like when the weeks occur, like it's always exciting. Like every time I see the little Instagram notification, like I'm like some shit might pop off today. Like yeah. you never know. In this life, this is is anxious. Like it has me anxious, but it, I, I'm very excited. And you know, for whatever for whatever it's worth, like I'm glad to be here in this time and to witness what I'm witnessing and be a part of it like I know it's like a little tension it may not even be this may be fake news but like I hear <laughs> I hear people say like oh the old scene versus the new scene and the people coming in yeah. and this and this and that what I've gotten has been all love and I'm just you know I hope that you know everybody get a little taste of that and I feel like it's enough to go around so yeah absolutely yeah. I love that I'm excited thing? for the new merch that we're going to get. All right. Whenever we get that, it's going to be real exciting. So check it out. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that being said, where can people find you guys? Upcoming shows? Anything you want to plug? October 3rd in San Antonio. And then there's another one. Oh, you're doing October 3rd also in Austin, right? Yes. Vulcan that night. Okay. Yeah. So October 3rd for sure. Um, uh, I'm not really into sports, but like. Uh, what I'm also excited for is that like something like a draft pick is coming up soon for me. Like I've, there's been talks of like scouts and <laughs> scouts. There have been talks of like agents and shit. Oh. Uh, so uh, there might be a couple to check me out. And, you know, let's hope that Joe Rogan remembers my fanny pack and <laughs> uh, helps me retire this whack one that he um, also what? said in the shout out. And, you know, that, I got you that fanny pack in LA too. I've been sewing and trying to hold on to it. That's why I'm like, I don't think it's whack. It's very, it helps my thing. Yeah. But, um, and hopefully, you know, Red Band Tony and a whole bunch of other people, you know, the opportunities keep coming and keep flowing and we keep showing up and doing what we're supposed to do. Hell yeah. 
Thank you guys so much for doing the show. Yeah, I really, really you. appreciate having you on. Sorry for the first couple of attempts. <laughs> <laughs> It was all good. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching. This has been Detox with Allison. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>